and welcome to the Glitch Text Rewatch podcast. I'm your host, Angela Ensminger, and today we have one of my all-time favorite episodes. This is Settling the Score. This is Miko getting down with her bad self. It's awesome. And joining me tonight are a wonderful, wonderful group of people from all aspects of the show, from every department. It's so great. So we just have an awesome group of people tonight. So we will start first with Sarah. Welcome back, Sarah. Hey, hi, nice to meet you guys again. Hi, nice to be here. I'm here from Top Draw Studios in the Philippines. Thanks for having me. Glad to have you. And we will be talking about the animation because it is stellar. There's a lot of work going on there and we know it's great. So thanks for joining us. And then also joining us again is Julia. Good evening, Julia. Hi everyone. Hi Angela. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Super excited to be here. I worked on this episode a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I was a production assistant and it's one of my favorite episodes. So really excited to be watching it with all of you. Wonderful. Glad to have you. And joining us again is Ash. Hello, Ash. How y'all doing? <laughs> yeah, no, so I did, uh, I did boards and uh, yeah, boards. That was <laughs> more boards seasons one and two. So we just, we just kind of started on the first episode and like ran it all the way through to the end. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And also joining us is Monica. Hello, Monica. Hey, I'm Monica. I'm the voice of Nico. Awesome. <laughs> this is the Miko episode. So great. Prove awesome. it. Prove <laughs> it, Monica. <laughs> hi, oh, hi. Wow, coming in hot there, Dan. I leveled okay. up. Oh, wow. wow. There you go. That, I can't argue with that. <laughs> leveled up. It's me, Miko Glitch Tech, here to <laughs> Sans Undertale. <laughs> God. Oh man. That's that's fantastic. Okay. And that other voice that you heard was none other than Dan. Hello, Dan. Hi. Hi, everybody. I'm so happy to be back. I'm the co-EP, co-creator of the show. And I, I wrote this episode, I'm happy to say. And it is a very good one. So we're just going to get right into it. What was the impetus for this episode? Because there's a lot going on. You know, it's not just your take on Dance Dance Revolution. It's also talking about the new kid in town, bullying, all kinds of things. So where did this idea come from? So we got in the habit of pinning to the wall so many different things that we were kind of waiting to get to for aspects we weren't sure about in the episode. I'll make that clear in a second. It's important to know that we were picked up for an additional 10 episodes after our initial order of 20. And that meant there are, you know, 30 episodes in different stages of development. So technically those 10 episodes we started on would have been the Nickelodeon season two. And we had learned a lot of things from season one. We were moving a lot faster in terms of idea development and a few things had come up. One was that we got to know the characters really well by now and wanted to spend a lot more time with them personally. And one of the pinned ideas that supervising producer Ian Graham had was that he wanted to do kind of like a day in the life of, you know, the characters, maybe when they weren't on a glitch case and what kind of things might they do, which brought up Five and Miko hanging out at an arcade kind of a vibe and what the world would be like at that arcade and 
we also wanted to have kind of a cool down episode where there wasn't quite as much insane action. By now, Top Draw Studios was doing 100% of the show's animation and composite, and we wanted to lighten the load on them. So again, uh, oh, an idea of just the characters hanging out would be great. Then came uh, our director, Chris Graham, who just would not let go of the idea that he wanted to do battling titans. <laughs> and we thought, well, that is going to be insane. But, you know, maybe since it is an action show, after all, we could relegate that to like a brief third act, you know, thing that we would see. And slowly the story started to take shape. And we knew that it was going to be a character piece about Miko about Miko identifying very strongly as a gamer, specifically in her score, and the theme of how, you know, she would kind of have blinders on about it because it, it was tied into the core of her identity. Uh, and only when she kind of learns to see that she doesn't maybe need that or that she's defined by other things as well, can she start to let go and so forth. But we needed a central game. And we thought, well, I guess it could be a Titan fighting game. That would be fun. But it was such a simple idea you know fighting titans on the screen became fighting titans in the world it was missing something that kind of a twist and that's when we noticed that phil jacobson was studying dance in his cubicle and constantly had these amazing dance videos on and in talking to him and asking him you know would he like to incorporate dance into this episode we knew his he and his fellow artists would be boarding, that is what triggered in my mind to do Sockham Rockers and say, all right, let's do Titans like versus game, but with a DDR twist. And then the entire episode kind of came together. So that, that's the long-winded story of all these like production needs, individuals who brought ideas, and then just looking for ways to tie it all together. And then in typical glitch tech style, it went from being, you know, a quirky little bottle episode to epic on all levels, as always, because everyone just brings it so hardcore that it blows up, you know. So that's the that's the story of how this episode came to be. And it was originally the fifth episode of season two. But when we heard we were going to be allowed 20 episodes on Netflix, we decided to move it up and we exchanged it for another episode that sadly did not get produced so that this one could go to the world. Wow. Well, hopefully we'll see that other one one day, but yes, but this episode is amazing. And Phil, I'm going to, I'm going to pass it over to you because I was telling everyone pre-record. So I got to go to the animatic screening for this one. So this was the very first storyboard animatic for the show that I ever saw. And I remember watching it going, is this what this show is? This is amazing. <laughs> so I just have to props to you and the board team, the rest of the board team for this. But what was it about dance and dance videos inspired you to go, hey, this is, I want to do this for this episode. I want to have this epic dance battle between Miko and Mike. Where did that come so, from? So I, I have I have a sister that works at Riot, right? Like Riot Games, and, and she was doing a lot of the stuff with KDA. And she's she's also part of like a dance crew and they make all their own videos and stuff. And we've like done some cosplay stuff together before and everything. So like she's kind of just constantly throwing K-pop dance videos in our in our like group chat that I have from like way, way back. And I just got super like, I wish I could dance. I really, really wish that I could dance, but I am so uncoordinated physically. 
But I was like, okay, well, this is a moment then maybe when Dan kind of approached me with the idea of like, do you want to do a dance episode? And I love doing really montage things and everything. And I was like, okay, I physically, I physically can't dance, but I can draw. So this is my chance to kind of like, you know, just throw the ideas out there and see like, okay, what could I do in this space? Like if I had to choreograph something like this, you know, this is, this is the chance, this is the moment. And so I kind of picked the songs that I picked and threw it all together. Funny thing though, in the, in the, in the actual animatic, like in the pitch, in the thumbnail pitch that we do about halfway through the board sequence, I had a placeholder of Miko doing some like Jojo pose that just said like dance battle montage. <laughs> and cause I just, I hadn't had time to, to board them out yet. I got everything but the dances done before the clean pass. And I remember at one point I was like, okay, well I gotta go board these two dance montages. And Dan was like, well, you already got the one done, right? And I was like, no, it's that's the placeholder card. And I think Dan, you were under the impression that it was just like gonna be a really kind of tongue in cheek like first yes. part of Miko in a dance pose and like that was it that was the sequence and I think that was the first one that I had that in place for yep. um, the, the second one I would always whenever I ran out of time for like action sequences I would just draw a bit with like a speech bubble like saying what happened and then Dan was awesome enough in kind of in media res to like read the words in the bit voice out loud to everybody in the room was like five and Miko have a cool fight and like you know read the, read the really crappy dialogue that I'd write in there so this was one of those instances. So then I sat down at the clean phase and just kind of had four weeks to go through and do those montages just to set like kind of realistic expectations for people that are, you know, curious about like, Hey, what's, what's like a realistic goal for boards and everything like time-wise, like I really, I did those in, in four weeks together. And even then I, I think I probably cleaned them a little bit too much, but I got everything else out of the way so that I could just focus on the dance. It's what you got to do in life. You got to, you just got to focus on That's the right. clear, just clear the rest it, of your plate, get in the zone. Exactly. Make it all about the rhythm. Yeah. Rhythm, rhythm is a, takes a huge part in the show, in dialogue and in the approach in general. I think it's behind a lot of strong animation and cinema is flow and, and rhythm and, and this and that. So here it was really literal and everyone on the team, I think was really strong in their sense of rhythm in their boards and Phil especially I think was somebody who very frequently would like pull in his own temp music sometimes would export a sequence as a quick time for the editor to drop in or play with and this was a case where I think with some minor exceptions both these sequences I feel like are pretty darn close to exactly what you handed in I don't think they changed that much in translation to the final correct me if I'm wrong about that but there were a few shots added for clarity, but I mean, like Chris showed them to me and I was like, yeah, this is perfect. You know, it's like, sometimes you definitely got to go back. One of the big things about Glitch Text Ride is like making sure the rules of the game were set up. And so I think we wanted to make sure it was really clear whose robot was which. And so like Chris kind of did a little bit of a clarity pass up front about the mechanics, just getting things going. But yeah, otherwise he, That's he, right. left, he left all the dance moves pretty much, pretty much alone. Also big shout out to Jules who's also been on other episodes of this because he came in and helped me clean up a lot of it too. It was just a lot. Like, you know, it was two montages in one episode and he really, he did a lot of heavy lifting for me too where I'd thumbnail out like stick figures doing a Michael Jackson pose and then he would come back in and clean it up. <laughs> I'd, have been, I'd have been pretty pretty dead without him. Thank you, Jules. And thank you, Phil. And so that, that brings me over to Monica. So Monica is a big... Big Miko episode. I mean, she's really showing 
how much she cares. You do not take away her high score. That is incredibly important. So very curious, you know, when you got the script, when you're looking this over, going through the character, you know, what was going through your mind? I mean, I, first of all, I related to Miko really hard. One, because she had a little bowl cut. I had one of those <laughs> as a kid too. <laughs> but also because I've moved a couple times as a kid and I understand what it's like to show up to a new place and like everybody else has their rhythms and has their groups and you just are kind of sitting on the sidelines like waiting to be picked and you're like, hey, what's going on? And you know, it's kind of up to you to like figure out where you're going to fit in and like where you're going to spend your time. So I get why... Miko was so emotionally attached to this one anchor that she had in this new place, which I think helped inform a lot of just like the reads for when she was describing why this was important. And then later, when she was fighting a literal child <laughs> over it, like why she could rationalize doing that when she's a pretty, she's not dumb, too, but it's like, why would, why would you do this, <laughs> Miko? Um, <laughs> Oh, that's wonderful. That's even a line that Five says. He goes, this is a, this is a child. What, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? And then even when Mike's brother comes in and Mike's brother's looking at her like, but he's a child. Like, I mean, you know, yeah, yeah, he's a annoying child, but this is a child. Yeah. Not to liken Mike Sims to a rat on a subway line, because he's not. But in that way, <laughs> like a rat, like dragging a pizza across the subway line. And she was like, give me that. And she climbed down off the platform and got yeah. her hands dirty. And yeah, That's everyone. Like you, <laughs> you could just go buy another slice of pizza. No, I love what I love about it is that it's the principle of the matter. Yes. yes. The principle of the matter. That's what this, you know, this is about honor. Mm -hmm. You know, you know what I'll admit, I thought for a long time, Miko's personality on that case like made sense. I don't know if it's a competitive Asian household thing because like I've grown up in the same situation as her. You have like a billion siblings and you're all competing for one thing. So you get super competitive by nature that it doesn't matter who you're going against. You're just like, no, no, I need this. I need this. So it's like, oh, that makes sense. That's fine. <laughs> I think it's at the root of fandom itself and I mean I think it's why people of a certain generation will go on a huge tirade and a tear about what Star Wars means to them and they will rally against any age any gender that thinks otherwise and the reason is you have a, some personal association with when you saw that movie that is like very deeply personal to you and we don't make the connection as adults especially since it's also a matter of like emotional maturity to be an, enough of adult to say it's just a movie or it's just a brand. So, and that's why the whole question of like, it just being a score, it didn't really occur to Miko. And it was only when she could see Mike as like a young version of her that she could pass the torch. And also cause she was like healthy enough to be at a place where she could do it. Not everybody would step off of that. For a while, we were afraid it would seem like Five's like, I believe in you, and that's why you can do it. Because that would have been like, no, we don't need this boy to believe in her. She believes in herself. He's just there to kind of slap her in the face and say, dude, you're a grown up. You've got other stuff beside the score now to define yeah. you. And then it helps when she realizes, oh, and this kid needs it more. Yeah. He's younger. I'm older. I should be bigger. I should step back. Uh, yeah, I think, and to that, I think it comes back to 
people can give you advice or like the slap in the face, but it's up to you to actually do that and do that emotional work. Right. So I think it brings it back to it was finally on her to realize that on her own. So I think it comes across really well. We're super, super proud of it. I get feels every time I watch it too, because I do think, you know, even though it's a comedy, you do want it to be relatable and to make people believe like, yeah, maybe I would yell at that kid too. (laughs) Also, Mike is so obnoxious. We we just cranked up how obnoxious he was and the voice actor who performed him, whose name I'm embarrassed, I don't have handy. Oh my God, what an amazing kid. He really sold it. His performance is so good. Yeah, it reminds me, I used to work at a summer camp and I had to remind myself, it's like, and it was while I was in college. I'm like, I'd have to go home going, You, you're, you're the, you're the grown up here. Cause like, you know, cause the kids sometimes would be really mean and then oh, I'd be yeah. really angry. And then I'd go home and be like, why would they say that? And I'm like, because you're <laughs> nine years old, because oh, they're yeah. small. Like, it's like, you are a grown woman. You're there to be like kind and nurturing. Don't let them get to you. They're very small children. <laughs> when children are mean, it takes me back too. Oh it's, yeah. I, I want these little suckers to like, give me some basic respect. Yeah. Uh, and when I don't get it, I'm just like, I love about kids and am terrified of them for that. Like they just don't have any filter. Like when I, no. I remember being, I remember being like, a late teenager and I have like a really young cousin and she just straight up came in the room one time and told me that like what I looked like or whatever like wasn't cool and I was like oh thanks Shelby that made my day like, <laughs> wow she's like you're a nerd I'm like yeah okay <laughs> wow she's just like I just wanted you to know directly like, your face like wow Ouch. yeah just, just no filter I was like dang okay yeah Gotta- it stays with you and some kids, they don't know, that's the only, uh, particularly some boys, but not just boys. They also, sometimes they make friends by negative reinforcement. So, mm-hmm. you know, Mike, Mike's a kid too, who's like, this is how he reaches out, is just to be the biggest jerk at the arcade. <laughs> like, and this is how he's meeting people, you know? And in the end, he, you know, you see he's, he can't quite let go of that, which is nope. sweet. But his yeah. tone changes. He's like, well, well, you suck, but, but, I'll, but I'll see you tomorrow, right? We're still, yeah. Right? It's like, <laughs> I see what's happening here. Yeah. Monica plays that really well, too. I love it, where she's just like, all right, kid, you know, it's like, see you around, sport. We had constantly jokes in the editing room where she instead cut into him. <laughs> she was just like, where she couldn't resist, like, laying him out, you know, and we were like, no, we can't do that. We can't do that. So, we want to do, but no, no, no. Yeah. Imitatable behavior. Good yeah. examples for the children. Exactly. All right, so Sarah, let me ask you. So when you got the boards, you got the animatics for this, what was your reaction seeing all this? Were you just like, whoa, okay. Okay, yeah. So we had like little habits in the office where we'd we'd just take a whole day to study the animatics through. And I think this was the first one where it was like completely speechless because I should (laughs) say first off, I I really, really love Shadow of the Colossus. And that one scene where like five is climbing on his back. I was like, oh my God. (laughs) <laughs> could this be it and then um, the fact that it was ddr so like i'm sure dan knows this because i was like tweeting about it incessantly when we started working on it this actually pushed me over to be like oh look at this like this is an entire episode of like children playing ddr isn't the time that you you finally like suck it up and do it and i am happy <laughs> to say that i am now level 132 on just dance now because this episode got me started on it Woo! but like um it's so 
this I love music, I love dance, and this entire time, the minute I saw it, I immediately this is how I started messaging Phil actually was some saying, Oh my god, is this Leah Kim choreography? Are you into Kiva? <laughs> oh, this episode really blew my mind. There's just so much about it that I loved. And again, whenever there's irrational behavior from Miko or Mike, I automatically just assume like, oh my God, they got like an Asian childhood so down to the last letter <laughs> where you grow up like being immature and competitive because you just have to. <laughs> it was such a, it was such a n- nice breath of fresh air, I think. Because like, a lot of the games I'm into, I'm into running. I, I don't really like sitting down and pouring over PC for hours. And it was so sad. It's always so satisfying to see something and being like, yeah, you know what? This actually is a game. And you probably should stop telling people that you're not into games and you should stop being embarrassed about it. Seeing something so active and so close to my lifestyle was really exciting. Again, such a relatable episode. I absolutely loved it. The boards drove us all wild. <laughs> thank you so much for this I'm not gonna lie I thought when you first messaged me and you were like hey I animated this part from the episode my first thought was like oh I owe her an apology yeah she <laughs> hates me <laughs> no she hates me this is this is a blood hunt She's so yeah. who is this person you did this to me <laughs> it was wonderful because by this time which again was the beginning of like us doing episodes 21 through 30 we had settled into a really good relationship with the studios and we had begun communicating as a group and also individually through social media so everybody was just getting to know each other and communicate which was so awesome that that bridge was being built and that it really was feeling like a team and is one of the advantages of social media that we could do that you know and that it was encouraged you know nobody on our end or their end kind of tried to to shut that down or control that which was really cool that's awesome and then speaking of team julia re-watching the episode i just kept thinking of breakdowns and key sheets and <laughs> all of production getting everything together and making sure that everything works <laughs> Um, originally we had like different costumes and things like that that needed to be done so that you know our overseas studios top draw would have all the things and designs they needed as reference oh, Julia um, sorry to interrupt you there my zoom just froze oh so I missed the first like two sentences that you said so oh, you I don't remember the first <laughs> oh you said um you said uh oh, it was part it was, of the first mm-hmm. it was part of the the second season. of the second 10 yeah. Yeah, yeah of the 21 to 30 episodes so you know, since we have to switch it around to the ones that were being made, um, we had to redo a lot of the costume changes that happened uh, and send that in time so that they would know what they needed to reference. It was a hard episode to break down just because backgrounds are characters, you know, and so we were like, how do we call it and how do we structure in a way that they're not going to get confused and like, is the Colossus now a background? Is it, it's still a character, but how do we bridge that? Um, and what do we make artists do as reference so that they're not overworked, but they do enough stuff that our overseas studios has everything they need. So, oh, you mean in the Shadow of Colossus sequences? Like yeah, sometimes so the character would be the background depending yeah. on what was actually moving. Yeah, exactly. Like when, when five is sliding down 
that's basically the background but he's right. a character and he's moving at the same time so it's like oh okay so what is it it's both of them <laughs> wow so yeah i'm glad it looks amazing so sarah you guys did an incredible job i'm super happy Thank it looks you. great yeah <laughs> That is fantastic. So yeah, so learn from all sides. So now we're going to get into it. We're going to get into this episode. So let me go ahead and pull up the synopsis from Netflix. So settling the score, season two, episode eight. So Miko declares war when a new gamer in town beats her high scores at the arcade, but their showdown soon spirals out of control. And that is putting it mildly. Everything's about to go down. <laughs> so folks at home, so what we do in case this, if this happens to be the very first episode that you've uh, tuned into here, welcome, glad to have you. So what we do is we watch along and then everyone's going to talk about it. So we have Netflix set up on our end in our respective Zoom corners to Glitch Text, season two, episode eight, settling the score. We have it set to zero, zero, zero. So on the count of three, I will push play and everyone at home can, could push play as well. And you can watch along with us. All right, so on the count of three, one, two, three. And here we go. We're in. Yeah. We're doing it. Well, Matrix. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Mode start. I think one of the first times that Miko went in the smart room, she said mode start or whatever they say in Sword Art Online. That was like a, a uh, <laughs> we tried to like kind of parody that. It didn't quite work. Deep cuts, deep cuts. I like this epic intro. The most shine effect ever put into one scene. <laughs> Chris actually then, did all of that. He went back and threw it all in the boards because he wanted it to be like super retro and I was like, yeah, I did this. There's a oh, Hanobi. There's a Hanobi no and it, there's a chomp kitty in there too. A Ralphie bear. Oh, well, why didn't you get the chomp kitty? <laughs> I, they've got to be like scarred by. You know what? This is this me point. too. I take claw machine seriously. Miko, you're you're justified. Same. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> yep. I would be I mad too. Yeah, I think that's where my gambling addiction started. Is oh no! Claw machines. <laughs> then I just moved on to gotchas <laughs> from there. It's real. It's real. That's me. I'd always buy the broken thing. Oh. <laughs> Well, it's always, I'll take this thing for 500 tickets. Like, so originally this oh, was really kind of like... the episode, you know, it's like, well, five and me go hang out all day. It was the, like, the, the initial idea. <laughs> yeah, How so, could you so not fun. be mad? <laughs> Nix's jersey here is uh, a, a shout to, um, the guy who keeps scores for all the arcade games uh, in the world. He's featured in the documentary King of Kong. And those three games there are references to our three directors. Oh my God. Oh, that's true. That's <laughs> so it's a Graham's Alora. It's like, that's pretty good. <laughs> yep. Chris Graham, Phil Alora, and Hyunju uh, Song. Nice. I'd see at this point, Miko's very 
You know, I'm, she's very on the up and up. She's very much, I'm not going to stoop to their level. I don't need to do this. I'm a better gamer. It's fine. Yeah, she it's almost like, had it. Mm -hmm. So many dominoes. Yeah, she, was, she was so close. Yes. <laughs> you, see, you see how quick to anger she is when she's messed with, but when she's rational, she's like, I'm not a troll, you know? And But then it's like, all right, let's, <laughs> let's see. Let's motivate it. And now we just need to understand why. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Nick's slowly backing away. It's like, this is not my fight. <laughs> <laughs> it was hard to be the new kid. I love <laughs> Look at her. Yeah. Who who yeah. designed all of this pixel stuff, Dan? Like the final version of it. Cause it like they made it just look so good. I wanna say it was Mark, but I, I don't think it was know for Mark, sure. Um, but I'm not sure the final version, but I know Mark did a lot of the pixel stuff. Yeah. I'm and again, that was. Thinking, oh, sorry. No, please. Sorry. Oh, I was just thinking, like, how hard was it to have to learn DDR in an arcade as a new kid? Because that's like a whole level of embarrassing. You just everybody have to get watching through. you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You picked you picked a really uh, like public, <laughs> upfront kind of game that you could trip and bite it on to, <laughs> to like make your mark. I don't know if y'all ever go to the the round one, like that huge arcade that's over in uh, like City of Industry out in like Los Angeles, but they they have like 30 of those dance machines all lined up and there were kids doing like legit break dance stuff on them and everything. I'm like, I don't know how y'all do it. It's wow. amazing. Like it's the amazing. level of skill. Once, like, and they're still hitting all the arrows. We gotta go. That's gotta oh, be the workout yeah. regimen is we, we gotta yeah. go to round one. <laughs> Get fit. Now I'm jealous, okay. There are a lot of people who train on home arcade games and stuff. It comes into play later that, you know, Mike does have one and that's why he can show up and do it. And then uh, I think it was Chris Graham and Eric Robles, like everybody got together and decided like, well, how we don't want to see Miko ever using a controller to interface and how do we make the dancing a little more freeform? So we took the bars away that are usually on some of these machines and created these little like laser trackers. Yeah, before trackers that come up. Yeah. So okay, so you guys gotta talk to us about the animation on this part. Like yes. I yeah. I'm first of all, again, I'm sorry, but No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so like I was just gonna say I did the start dance sequence and we didn't have anything except for the animatics and they kind of gave the we were at this point where they're like we need to rush this we can't afford to give you roughs we know you're an illustrator can you do this and i was like ah so they kind of gave me all the full body stuff and that's when i started messaging i think i was like oh i love this so much it's <laughs> a lot of suffering yes but oh my god this is I'm sorry. I'm really distracted. I really love that sequence so much. <laughs> I mean, y'all nailed it. Like, it's deeply <laughs> intense. And yet, I mean, is it helpful that there are so many splash poses? It's also an editing thing too, right? That there are these yeah. like, you know, we cut to feet and we cut to upper body <laughs> as opposed yeah, to one so fluid nice wide shot. Mm. If anything, it like makes it a lot more flashy and snappy. I really, really love it. The entire board team is featured in the background, of course. Oh, that's great. <laughs> oh. I, I, I snuck our specific team. Uh, I think we 
were we team A or team B? I don't remember, but I snuck us uh, like in the in the crowd cheering for Miko while they were dancing. Yeah, there's too. that scene where all um, of you just go, yeah, on the corner. Yeah, and I, I just I just had to. And five is clearly on support in this episode, and and it was important to show. Um, he's supportive of Miko. These guys always support each other, but their goals are not exactly the same. And, and he's kind of a barometer for when Miko's kind of going off the scale a little bit. And that's why it didn't become about a day off. It became about work because Five wants to get back to work and Miko doesn't. And so that just gave him another interest. But if you notice in the beginning, he's not only behind her, he's like speaking for her. He's totally in sync that she has to protect her honor. And it's only when things get really crazy. Miko, relax! Oh my yeah. god! <laughs> Nick is on your side. He's trying to be the good you know? messenger. <laughs> Just turning up the crazy meter. I mean, I she just bodied him into a wall. <laughs> oh, I love those transitions. The like old Batman. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Couldn't resist I it. Love sneaking those into episodes where I could get away with them. <laughs> <laughs> and that's uh, Akira's scooter. <laughs> Did really? Is that the bike from Akira? No, not really. I just, but I think the oh, colors. That'd be great if it was, though. <laughs> it's got some of the colors. It's definitely like you know being Space evoked. Thought. Yeah. I gotta, I gotta pay attention. Did we actually get the the pill on the back of Ryu's jacket? Because I know I drew it in the boards. I can't remember. Oh, good question. I don't know if that. If got we gave him like the, the actual like Kaneda jacket in the. They stopped him. When uh, <laughs> when five goes uh, scan for laser laser sharks <laughs> and he kind of deflates. That's what Ricardo does when he thinks he's messed up a line or he he sort of feels like he's he's being corny. He'll make noises like that, and I love it. I love it. We always try to use it when he does that. That's wonderful. It's like, no, no, that's perfect. That's perfect. We need to keep this in. <laughs> so, so Monica, this is obviously like, you know, we got, we got the dance episode. If we ever come back, are you, are you down for a song episode? I'll figure it out. I'll take singing lessons because I really like singing. It's really fun. I'm just really bad at it. <laughs> <laughs> but she's game, but she's game for I'm it. I'm game. I'm Which game. Which is the I important part. Exactly. Yeah. I vote we go part two, and this time it's like karaoke hero, and we just gotta. <laughs> oh my god! I would love that. You can that count would be on so it. So much fun. We had Rachel Bloom and Al Yankovic both like ready and willing to do glitches for us, like singing oh, glitches. Oh wow! We just, oh my god! We just didn't get to it yet. Oh no! That that no. would have been great. Yeah, oh, man, that would have been so funny. Because that rock band has that. Like, yeah, like that's oh. true. Oh my god, a rock band episode would blow my mind. Oh my god, yes, I played that so much when I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to see Zara on bass. She's like, I got this. Oh, Zara on bass, so powerful. <laughs> this was a tone that was really hard to sell on the page, you know, the escalation between the characters and five saying something like, Wow, like it was very much <laughs> what you'd see in a single camera comedy, like The Office or something. And, you know, we were just trusted when the network was like, we don't get this. We we're like, just, just wait, just wait. You know, and in animatics, they saw that, that the energy worked. And things like this, just the brother coming in and just by glancing, the implication is 
That's great because it's so intense, and you're like, oh my gosh, and then you realize it's two kids in the garage. Like, wait, wait, what but are you I doing? Like the, you, I like the this point where I was like, yeah, that's expected for him. Like, he brings enemies over. It's fine. Yes, exactly. <laughs> some, both these main characters are a little crazy, and it gets cartoony, but they're, they're friends and their sibling, like, ground it again and, and let us know, like, yeah, this isn't quite normal behavior, but we've seen it before. And... Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I something that's this. very silly, but I kind of miss on this episode was when she put like her hair in a bun just because I felt like that was so relatable for people that have really long hair. <laughs> yes. I'm like, you know, yes, you would put up your hair in like your, your hair up, but it was like an extra pose and they're like, no, we can't do that. And I was like, I had been trying to sneak in Miko doing something with her hair for so long. Oh, that because was so Sarah good. always <laughs> nailed it. Like Sarah Partington taught me everything about like just subtlety and Miko's acting like that. So so this this was where I used that placeholder that was a uh, fantastic baby, I think. Yeah, uh, <laughs> seen missing. Bang. And Chris came back to me after they had been in edit for this for a long time. And he was like, I know every word to this song now and I hate you. <laughs> Cause like, you know, he, was, he doesn't listen to K-pop. He's his whole, you know, he loves, he loves stuff from like the eighties. He loves like retro stuff. And he's like, I know every word to this song. How could you, 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 you've tainted my ears. Yeah, you've quite a pill, but still a circular pill. It's a Sorry. Circle, yeah, probably, yeah. The rest of us loved it so much. It was so perfect. And it, you know, we even tried to license the song. But, you know, it's not something Nickelodeon typically, I almost call them Nickelodeon. Uh, it's, not something, <laughs> it's not something the nippleheads uh, often pay for. <laughs> it's very expensive to license music. And, you know, you'll see Fox like primetime shows that will do it, but it can be hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars. So it just wasn't possible. We, we never really got the chance. You know, so um, Brad Breek, who is absolutely amazing, did, you know, something in the spirit of did like a tribute or, or send up of it, which we tried to make just as not not as good, but to work as well. I mean, he nailed it, though. I, people remix it on YouTube and stuff. It makes me so happy. Like, I, I don't know if it's like bad to admit, but I'll definitely turn on remixes of that song while I'm just like sitting there drawing other boards and stuff I'm like, man, this is actually like... This goes really hard. I, f- I feel like good pop requires no shame. You know, it's just like, it's, if it's good, it's good. And people should oh. just embrace it. Kodama's back. Yeah. 201. Now he's his little buddy. So yeah, the real glitch text was the first episode of season two at the time, which would have been episode 21. So elements of that make it into this. And it was a great chance to show for the first time what happens when all the glitch techs are summoned to their jobs and some jobs are so big it requires both teams and I was really glad we we did that because I just want to see these characters. Sometimes Miko dances so hard that we have to call in a glitch squad from another county and that's just how it goes. Originally I wrote a scene where Bergie kind of adorably like hits on Blake a little bit. Oh, and, why did you put um, that in? 
Well, Sarah Partington, who was boarding it, she she woke me to the fact that like that you know it's sweet. She knows that how what it means when it comes from Bergy, but she did make me aware it is a trope. It like it is a trope that's been used a lot. That there are a lot of men who feel entitled to hit on women in the workplace and stuff because of things like this. Um, oh, that's fine. And so, in addressing that note, I realized, oh, it's even so much sweeter if it's a pre-existing relationship. So I genuinely I thought it. the change is also better. So happy for him. <laughs> so it's good to be open to all that, you know. Like mm-hmm. nine times out of ten, and the tenth is worth it. You're gonna find something better. I have never, I think, wanted a game more than this. Mm. Yeah, I really want soccer rockers. Giant dance robot fight. I wanna, I wanna (laughs) dance around as a giant dinosaur. That's some of the inspiration here was that, you know, some people I knew growing up, like one kid, his dad had a pinball machine in the house, and that was like the coolest thing ever. And it was my dream to one day get an arcade game. So I got a Terminator Two game when I was like in my late twenties. And that's where the Schwarzenegger voice came from, because it used to say, like, <laughs> end your score, you know, like, excellent, excellent, shoot again. Dan, I had no idea. I have listened to the, the EMR for this episode so many times, and I always was like, I wonder what's up with the Arnold voice. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's why. That so funny. I, mean, I never questioned it. I was just like, yeah, okay. Like, it's, you know, select your character. Like, okay, yep. okay cool. Shoot here and here. There was a, a, a Schwarzenegger pinball machine. We'd like, shoot here, shoot here. <laughs> you have collected shotgun. <laughs> you know, oh stuff like that. <laughs> Amazing. Now, so, so Julia, where, uh, which sections were you on in this, in this one? So I broke it down with Emma. She was my coordinator, but it was basically everything. I think I did backgrounds, props, and even characters for this. Um, and I know, I mean, I don't know if this is a spoiler or not, so I don't know if I guess it's supposed to be in the other one, but they were supposed to be already leveled up, and I was very right. looking Yeah, and the new, the yeah, new tech yeah, gear. they had the Nico and Five had the new tech gear, and it was pretty yeah. cool. Um, I mean, look what it did to match. Are we allowed to talk about yes. that? Yes, um, yes, that's okay. right. Okay. Oh my god, Mitch's upgrade holy I know. <laughs> I remember when you first got like the sorry to bring this back to Mitch, when you first got locked in Masek, that's not the same character. That's not the This is oh, my favorite dumb so guy. Annoying, and now he's so- oh the little Just, bird. The bird oh, the little bird, bird hatched and now five has to take care of it. Like yep. thank you. <laughs> Did Sarah well, just him. add that? Like, yeah. was that in the script? Yeah, she did. Yeah. She did. That just showed up. It was so this great. Baby bird. Yeah. Baby bird. It's like, I'm going to protect this bird Aww. and I'm going to stop this fight. Oh. <laughs> Graham really wanted Shadow of the Colossus. And, you know, I, like, I, I'm probably the only writer who ever tried to protect the artists because, like, I was the one who was like, <laughs> Well, we kind of did that in uh, in in Going Going Gauntlet, and he's like, "No, no, I want to go full Shadow <laughs> of the Colossus," and and I was like, "Can can we can we do that?" You know, and then, yeah. Uh, and everyone was like, "Yeah, we're doing it." Oh man, okay. So this this scene coming up right here, like Monica, your line delivery made me cry while I was boarding this part. Yeah. 
Aw. That's so great. This, this whole, this episode does make me cry every time I watch it. Like, it's just so sweet and sad and just like so tender and relatable. Oh, gets me every time. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, a fan online pointed out that he refers to Mike's arcade game, but he doesn't, I don't think he knows Mike by name yet. Five, technically, shouldn't have said Mike's. But, oh, oops. Uh, I remember we, re- we revised that line. I forget why we did it. I don't know what dungarees are. <laughs> oh, they're like... Big, um, big pants? Yeah. Big they're, pants? Yeah. Oh, God. This, this, this Miko 5 chemistry here. Yeah. Wholesome. Mm-hmm. They're just such good... Like, they're so perfect best friends forever i love them Aww. and there she is yeah. <laughs> i'm somebody <laughs> yeah and her hair out of place is a nice touch too because she's just been just going hard yeah at this whole yeah thing. it makes sense <laughs> rebel uh sound our amazing sound design team they they actually got toho godzilla roars from the public domain here and um, Jaguar Jetson is named after Jet Jaguar, who is like a big like Godzilla kaiju. And of course, Alpha makes his only other appearance, or its only other appearance. Oh, and I love this flash dance reference coming up. She's oh like, man, I know. Yeah. Feels so good. <laughs> I, I think that's another Sarah one. That so she just would would find the funniest places to just add humor. And how about the, the kids' victory dance? Did she do that? Yeah, that's great. Also, Tony did a really good job with the effects. Enough can't be said about Tony Unser, who amazing. really like not only did all the effects, and they're so amazing, but in conjunction with Scott Kakuda, really set so much of the color script of the show and the look of the show in so many aspects he's an amazing amazing talent oh i got i got got, while we're on that train i got a shout out to to sung kim too who was our our other board partner in our trio on this team that did so many of the really good like moments like she does this part here at the end with the reveal and everything like you, you know what i'm talking about we'll get there Originally, there were a lot of characters who were going to turn out to be very young children in the show, and it took a long time for us to have to have Mike be a character who was younger than the rest of the team. It's something that kept coming up and changing for whatever reason, so it was nice to finally introduce this character who would have had uh, and will have more to do on on the show going forward. I love this this makeup line from them. The the Miko sorry five no. Yeah, it covers it in the booth. I was like, this is this is it. Everything. <laughs> Friends shorthand. The big moment. The big moment. We when we just up. Dun, dun, dun. Six. <laughs> Uh, oh my goodness. Oh, so good. Uh, it was 
for a while, we weren't sure if we were going to have this be Mike Sims. I mean, originally the idea of Ridley being obsessed with someone named Mike Sims was just kind of a gag. Like you weren't supposed to really know who Mike was, just that we all have somebody in our lives who frustrates us. Like we all have a Mike Sims somewhere. But as we started to go forward, we realized actually that there's a lot to be gained in developing who Ridley is and how that character might fit into our story and and opening up the world a lot. So we really wanted to do it. And I know a lot of people are wondering like what their relationship is and what it's all based in. Uh, and someday you'll find out. It's, it's going to be, if people are like, is it going to be epic or is it going to be something like ordinary? But what's fun about our show, as you just saw, is you can take ordinary things and you can make them epic. So it's a little of both. It's always going to be a little of both, I think, if we if we do it right. And that said, maybe maybe we'll change it completely before we actually do it. <laughs> oh, <secrets. laughs> there's a lot of there are a lot of things we've planned out, but all the details are always extremely open to interpretation and better ideas and opportunities. And that's why, like, there's no set thing written. It would be actually, I think, kind of boring if we just had all these rules and facts pre-laid out and everyone just needed to eventually make it. It's much better that we interpret it together. So, you know, with that in mind, we, we have an idea and something may come along and just totally run away with it. And we actually hope that happens because it's always more interesting than what we think we're going to do. I love it. It could just start off as a bottle episode and just grow from there. Exactly. <laughs> like so many do. <laughs> like so many do. Well, this, this one's fantastic. And I, I love watching this episode because again, it's an epic episode. It's an awesome episode. So many fun and exciting things happen, but it's also just, it's just very sweet and so very kind and it's great. It's just so good. Thanks, also, Angela. There's something to learn from like both Ridley and Mike developing his characters. It's like these children are terrifying, but also I'm really excited. Like the new generation of gamers for this show is just on a whole other level. And I kind of respect kids like this. Like I know we just talked about them. Oh, they're kind of bratty and stuff. It's like, I don't know. I kind of like kids that talk that talk down to me and go like, yeah, you well, I can also walk the walk. And it's like, oh dang. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it then. <laughs> Fair enough. You're better My, than the of rockers. I mean, I love, I love that character of Mike from both, like, you know, being that kid, like, you know, sitting there playing Mario Kart. I remember, like, you know, you'd have that one friend that, like, my friend's older brother would like lean up and unplug everybody's controllers if he was gonna lose and stuff oh, like that. Like that big Mike energy. Um, but, then, <laughs> but then, also kind of being like in Miko's shoes too, you know, where when I would have like a nephew that'd be like, hey, I, you know, I'm gonna challenge you to play Mario Kart. And I'm like, all right, I'm not gonna go easy on you. Like, let's do this. This is my, this is my jam. Like, you know, like we've all been, I think a little bit of both characters at one point. And I, I love that about this episode that you kind of get to, you kind of get to wear two different pairs of shoes and remember what it was like to be that hyper-competitive video game kid, you know? I think passion and intelligence are such great traits in kids, but they're a little more tortured because they realize sooner than other kids how sometimes how little control they have and how unfair things can be. And depending on how the rest of your life is situated and what else you've got going on, like sometimes that little bit of control you get means everything to you, you know? And so 
it isn't just a game to some people and kind of have to unpack why or learn to see characters like this that you could compare yourself to and maybe have a joke about to kind of hopefully, you know, bring your feet to the ground a little bit. But I think at any age, you also just are like, you know, I, I didn't I didn't have much, but I had Star Wars. And then they made these sequels that I hate, you know what I mean? And then suddenly you're on the internet anonymously attacking people that you've never met because, you know, you're one little corner of the world somebody stepped on, you know, mm -hmm. and that's how it happens. So, you know, part of the show is to just like, not in a judgy way or a lessony way, but like, look at like, you know, in a way, like we try to focus on all the positive things about gaming, but we're not ignoring the negatives. We're sort of saying, like, how did how does somebody become toxic or troll-like? And, you know, and without perspective and other people in your life, it's not that hard to do. Someone once said, like, oh, are you going to show bullies on the show, like cyberbullying? Like, would Miko be bullied? Or, And I thought, well, this episode proves if we were going to do an episode like that, it'd be more about how our characters become a bully. Because as wonderful as they are, there are situations that may back them into a corner where before you know it, they are doing something. And this kind of touches on that a little bit. And that's how you look at it without being really overt. Without having I, a very I mean, special episode. Yeah. Dan, Dan, wasn't the the original title of this episode actually Nico Cyberbullies a Child? I think it was. <laughs> was. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the network. The network Very on the nose. They didn't I mean, go for it. I don't know why. I thought it was great. Is it cyberbullying if she's doing it in person? <laughs> this, is, this is stalking, this is really. Albright yeah. stomps a child. Yeah. Nico straight up stalks this kid. And this is where I love, even where we were saying in another um, podcast episode that, you know, Rachel Rusikoff, who does the gauntlet voice, how what was so wonderful about her was not just the monotone voice, but that sometimes she could infuse a little acting into the voice. And one of those times is when even the gauntlet is like threat level zero. It's like, <laughs> what, what, what the fudge are you doing, Miko? This, you know, like even the gauntlet knows this is a pointless exercise and Miko's off the deep end. It's subtle, but you hear it, you know, That's instead funny. of the usual chipper gauntlet voice it's a little bit like mm, this is, I'm uncomfortable being pointed at these children. They're <laughs> children now as they get frosty fingers. Do, do you not see that this is an issue? It's yeah it's the job to like see if the tone of, of the show can handle the weight of Miko doing something like this without it snapping and without it becoming ugly or wrong you know and that fell on little touches like that and little comments from five letting you know we're aware how crazy this is but follow us that's what the episode's about you know mike opens the garage door as opposed to miko smashing it <laughs> oh, down yeah, that been right bad. <laughs> <laughs> we just do a home invasion of this things. child's house <laughs> yeah. yeah and even yeah, when they peek inside which is definitely crossing a line it's like they comically fall down Five is more interested in the arcade machine. Yeah. So, you know, you're just trying to find these ways to like do it, but soften it, you know, so it's tricky. I can't claim that we knew what we were doing. These are the things that you play with as you go through the different animatic iterations too. You say like, oh, you know, we needed to make it more of a laugh here, or you just try things and you figure it out. But we didn't know going in exactly how we were going <laughs> to accomplish this. We just hoped that with enough charm, we could make the story work. 
So was there a and, CSI and if you version it. of this then, where it's like the first iteration of the animatic? You're like, oh, oh no, 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 yeah, no, she just shows up and she punches him to the ground. Yeah. <laughs> that's the whole episode. It ends there. <laughs> this is also. Well, I just want to say, uh, since you're talking to Monica anyway, yeah, this is where acting does the whole job. This is where the voice acting of Ricardo and Monica and Mike sell it so much. Other actors could have done the same thing and it might have come off really mean. Oh, I mean, Ricardo's line at the end there, you know, when he's he's like hacked into the screen and, and has that bit where he's like, you know, you're Mike Brennan, like you're Miko. You like, come on, you got this. Like. Oh, I'm okay. Like, I yeah. listened to him. Yeah, keep, keep, I listened to in. five. Uh, that yeah. boy's golden heart is unmatched. He snaps her out of it, and then she knocks it down. Like, when she looks at Mike and sees what she needs to see, then that's what makes it her decision, not something five told her to do and all that stuff. But yeah, it's really fun. And Network was a little nervous about it. They, believe it or not, the thing they were most worried about was they didn't like Five and Nico having tension between them. You know, how dare your two leads be anything other than either best friends or possible romantic interests. And it's oh, like, but, but what's real in a friendship is you get mad and you pull your friend back. And, you know, of course you're still friends just because you, you know, had a disagreement. But we had to work really hard on that moment when she kind of like, you understand why she kind of snaps at him. And that's what makes him say, fine, you know what, I'm out of here. But no amount of scripting or explaining will do that. That's the actors 100%. And then, of course, the boarding in Megan Casey, who just goes, I love it. I get it. It's great. You know, you sold me. I really feel it. So that's cool. She let us try that stuff, you know, some execs would have nipped it in early stages just because it scared them, but she never did that. She always let us try and she would have been the first one to say during the second animatic, hey guys, I gave you two animatics and <laughs> it ain't working for me. You took your shot. That was great. Shot's and that would have been fair. That would have been okay. We would have had our chance. So that's all you want. If she had denied the world the Kaiju Baby song, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I can be in that, like, bad, bad timeline. <laughs> I agree. Skewed into the alternate 1985 no, I, where everything's on fire. Just not good. Just I loved how much she supported us on the show for real, like, to Dan's point. Like, <laughs> she was so much fun to, to get to, like, having those pitch meetings and her notes were always super constructive and everything. Like, I miss Megan, wherever she is. I actually need to catch up with her. She is at Netflix. Still, yep. And I hope to possibly be working with her on this new project I'm on, which would be amazing. So I don't know if that's happening yet or not, because she hasn't been assigned, but I heard that she might end up on my project. So I'm really fingers crossed that we get to work with her again. It just goes to show to other points that have been pointed out on the show. No one ever leaves. It's one big circle. So be (laughs) to everybody. You will work with everyone forever for the entirety of your career. I hope and expect to work with everybody on this call again. And then, of course, when we go out of our way to really try to make that happen, which we absolutely will, then that, of course, you know, increases the odds. But it's not unheard of to just think that you, you know, you go whatever your next project is and find out, oh, hey, hey, guys, (laughs) you know, funny seeing you here. Mm -hmm. No, I've worked with people that I went to school with where they show up and I'm like, oh, you're on the show? Yeah. Hey, we're both back. Welcome back. 
Yeah, it's so, awesome. Really funny. It is. Really it is. is a fun thing. It is a fun thing. So, yeah. But you guys, this episode, it's great. And so now we're getting into one of my other favorite parts of the show, which is getting to talk to you guys about all the fun things that you're working on. <laughs> So Sarah, we'll start off with you. Where can people find you? And what are some cool things that you're working on now? Um, I am on Twitter as Mr. Despondency. I'm sorry, I haven't been on Twitter in a while. Um, MR Despondency. I'm on Twitch as MR Despondency. Or you can find me as Magadon. I'm sorry, I have two names online. Someone keeps stealing Magadon. But then... <laughs> Also, I'm currently working on the TMNT movie and a little secret side local project Ooh. that hopefully Ooh. will go past the pitch. Secret are you, projects. I guess it's going to be different depending on when people actually listen to this, but are you generally taking commissions sometimes on social media? Oh my gosh. I had to stop that nonsense. Okay, so... It got too crazy. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm glad I asked. <laughs> Good for you. Good for you. Uh, I, I used to... It's not that I went too crazy. It's just that, um, like, I, I think I mentioned this already. Sometimes the studio is like, ooh, we have one person on our team who's an illustrator. So we just don't have to give her any roughs whatsoever, any guidance. We'll just mm. give her really difficult scenes and we'll make her do them. And she can't complain because whatever. So that's currently my life right now. I'm doing the heavy lifting on our team and we're really, really small. So I literally work like six days a week, 14 hours a day. That's, oh my that's my god. life right now. Yep, oh my yep. god. Well, Sarah, thank you for coming what? on the show then because that's, wow. <laughs> that is a this is a great break. This is a, I, I love hanging out with you guys. Same. <laughs> we love having you. Thanks yeah. for taking the time. And I wish you well on your your secret projects and also on the TMNT movie because really looking forward to seeing that. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And then Julia, where can people find you and what's currently going on? Okay, so you can find me at Juma Colors on Instagram, also Twitter, but I don't use Twitter that much. So I don't have anything there really. And then right now I am kind of like dipping my toes into live action a little bit, but I am still co-creating pitch stuff with one of my really good friends. And we're trying to kind of like build up our own company and do that. I have a couple of live action shorts coming out soon. <laughs> so awesome. that's yeah, that's what I've been doing. This semester has been freaking crazy. I've been doing a little bit of everything and I'm super tired, but um, I've learned so much in Good every department. Yeah, thanks. That is cool. Yeah, we we're talking about this earlier. We're like, I'm doing this and this and this and subtitling this film. I'm like, oh my goodness. There's <laughs> all the things. That's awesome. That's awesome. And then Monica, where can people find you and what are you currently working on? So, okay, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. My usernames across them all have to be different because for some reason, people keep taking Monty Ray. So, you know, I'm Monty Ray on Twitter, but then I'm Montica Ray on Instagram and my art account is Monticart. Oh, it's a mess. Um, <laughs> but all under the Monica Ray umbrella, it's all there. Currently, I'm actually not working on anything. I recently parted ways with Big City Greens in an effort to work on my own stuff. I took a gamble and there's some exciting things on the horizon. None of it's official. So I'm just sort of in this place now where it's like, okay, it's just me 
and whatever I want to do next. <laughs> so awesome. that's where I'm at. Good for well, you. Congratulations for taking the plunge. That's really cool. Oh, Thanks. that's so Bye. cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fingers crossed. You know, I haven't, uh, I haven't felt this way since I left Illinois to go work on web comics in Seattle. It was a big risk. So here we are again, <laughs> one more time. That Good for awesome. you. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh so God. make sure to check out the Monica Ray family of products on social media <laughs> and all the cool things that she has coming up in the future. Watch that space for developments. That's right. You just do all the promos for like NBC, ABC, Fox. And just like, hey, 7 p.m. PST, EST. So. Yeah, in a, in a world where people still tune in. <laughs> no joke. No joke. And then Ash, where can people find you and what's going on? Yeah. So I'm still just chugging along on Monkey Kid with Flying Bark, whom I dearly love. My friends in Australia, who I, I hope to be able to visit soon. Yes, we're just doing our boards right now. Jumped over to, to doing directing on it, which is really cool. So yeah, it's fun. I love getting to work for Lego and, and still kind of doing the hype action sequences and stuff that we got to do on Glitch Tech Sunrise. So it's, it's been a lot of fun. But yeah, I'm on Twitter at OffBrandLink. And that's mainly what I use right now. I don't even know if Instagram's worth plugging at this point. But yeah, so I'm on Twitter as OffBrandLink. And you'll find me on there. My name on there is it's actually Ash now. I came out as transgender nonconforming. So I'm changing the name and everything and it's a process but we're you know we're we're having fun we're making it work so um that's yeah, wonderful find me in there. congratulations thank you guys yeah i love I, ash I love has joined about. the battle it's a big change but i'm glad to, to be taking the first step so you know thank you guys for for supporting me on that i really of course, i really appreciate it's that. wonderful very supportive, very supportive. And thanks for letting us know. So I'll definitely yeah. check out Yay. what Ash is up to online, everybody. That is awesome. And then Dan, Hi. where do people find you? What's Oops. going on? I know That's... exciting things. <laughs> I'm in the same old place. I'm stuck. I'm still stuck in Twitter uh, and I haven't yet evolved <laughs> no. beyond it. I'm at just at Dan Milano. And I check infrequently lately. I have to be really careful how much I engage and how much I don't. I don't mean with individual people. I just mean me and my own time management. I actually love to engage with people. Sometimes that's the problem. My DMs are open and I try to be really responsive, but that means it sometimes takes me a while and I have a little bit of a backlog, but I love it. And I appreciate everyone who takes the time to, to get in touch. So as long as I can keep them open, I certainly will. I'm working on a couple projects now. I can say that one of them is a interactive video games, kind of an interactive series, but in a very new way, a really interesting new format that I can't quite speak about yet, but I think it's gonna be really cool. I think it's gonna change the, um, change the script for how those kind of games work, how interactive TV might work. So that's exciting. Mm-hmm. And, I've really got my fingers crossed for it. There's really some really great people involved with it. The other is a preschool show, which I've never done before, but I'm really excited about. And that has like some really great themes and concepts in it. And then lastly, Wings of Fire is officially greenlit. And um, I can't be the one to announce where, but I will leave it to a press release to say exactly the words. So yeah, I'm super excited. This will begin the beginning of like a couple of years journey to produce 
the adaptation of this book series with the involvement and, and blessing of the author and working with some amazing people on it, including Ava DuVernay and her company Array. So fingers crossed that we have a good launch and um, keep an eye on this space for more info. All right. All right. Thank you so Congrats. much for studying. Congratulations. That's because I know you've been working hard on that for years. So that's very exciting. It's like things are happening. Whenever we can all announce forward momentum in anything, it means so much. And, you know, people listening who are interested in getting into this, you'll learn that like you'll make progress all the time, but it, there are usually big milestones that have to be reached before you can actually get to work. And so it took a long time to get here, but not as long as others. And we have a lot of support and I think it's going to be awesome. The team we're working with is amazing, including so many people that are coming off my friend Brendan Hayes' show, Gremlins, Secrets of the Mogwai, which is an amazing series that's coming out soon. Wow. So our show will be very different, but we're working with a lot of those teams. That is awesome. Um, yeah. Very cool. Very cool. So I'm so, oh my gosh, I'm so proud of everybody. Everybody on this episode, you guys are doing- We did it! You did it! Not only- <laughs> also, just in their personal life. Take care of business, take care of yourselves, getting things together. It's, Yay. it's so cool. It's so cool. So- Go team. Yeah. Yeah. And so- I hope. <laughs> <laughs> she did it, she said the thing. She really <laughs> is, Rico. <laughs> through and through, deep down. There's the, the, real, the real proof that she is. Yes. <laughs> Just in case anyone at home had any doubts for whatever weird reason you might have had that. No, no, she is here. She is here. Had any doubts that I was not really, not really this person that my name tag says I am. Are you really? You are really. I don't know. We'll never she's a, know. She's an imposter, Rico. Ah! <laughs> oh, there you go. Oh, man. That's, I can't top that. So Wait, that I didn't reason. mean Among Us thing. No, I meant like, from the video game, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even make an Among Us reference. It's just there. My daughter escape, said, it's fine. Daddy, what do you call fake spaghetti? Impasta. <laughs> <laughs> See, she's on it. She's on it. Is that, yeah. Smart kid. Is that Suschetti? <laughs> yeah, Suschetti. Suschetti, I love it. Suschetti. Oh. Suschetti. Pained me to make that joke. I'm going to... Oh, speaking of her, the oh, look at that! Here's the Gengar she made. We're watching some animation that Dan's daughter made. That's very fantastic! Wow, this is what a nine-year-old is doing in Procreate. But he started like an hour and a half ago. I know. I was nine years old. I was eating dirt outside all day. Me too. I was just, I was just like, yeah, eating eating cereal and being hyper and walking into walls and yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah when the call began she asked if we wanted an animation and so that was the request generation one Gengar popping out of a present yeah so you know age 10 she'll just be developing her own show and we'll all be working for her so yeah hey that yeah. would love to work for her if she'll, if she'll have me <laughs> oh man so you guys are the best Always great to have y'all. <laughs> you too, Angela. Thank you so Always much. Always great chatting. Thank you all so much for taking the time. And to everyone at home, we hope that you enjoyed listening as much as we enjoyed recording because it's always fun getting together with you guys. So until next time, have a wonderful evening, everybody. Thank you, Angela. Thank Thanks you for having me. Bye bye. This is so Bye. Fun. <laughs> 
Bye, y'all.